Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark 171 of Geeks Chasing Squirrels Across the Multiverse. My name is Greg. I am the Bat Daddy 52. My dogs are in the background, probably going to be growling and fighting because they're puppies for most of the night. So just ignore them. But beyond that, we're here to talk about some fun stuff. Uh, I am here with my homeboy, Ross. Uh, seriously, the macho man and the stinger in the house tonight. If I am badass, or if I am the road dog, Jesse James, he is the badass Billy Gunn. That's all there is to it. Ross, what's up, man? I'm I'm moonwalking on your references. I mean, you, yeah. you're showing age. It's difficult. You got to be careful. You well, be careful you see, I went I went WCW and WWF there, yes, like did. way back, and you know when it, was, when it was all just two separate things that were you know the, the what was it the uh, Attitude Era of oh, wrestling yeah. Yeah. before it was a Wildlife Foundation. It's it's still fun, but uh, I'm older now, so it's not quite as much fun. But it loses yep. its fake appeal. <laughs> exactly. But we watch plenty of other things now. Everything we watch basically has, you know, some kind of fantastical, non-believable appeal to it, doesn't it? Just yeah, about. It does. um, Hell, I mean, you got Winnie the Pooh out there killing people now. Piglet. Oh like, what, what's going on in this world? People will make movies about anything, and people will yeah. love them. And they're more than welcome to. Everybody can like what they want to like. You know, I mean, I, I can't get mad at somebody for loving something. I know I get on here a lot of times. I'm like, there's no way that's this. But yeah, I mean, if somebody feels that way, it's the way they feel when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Ultimate Warrior is the best wrestler ever, time, period, by the way. Uh, he's up there. Uh, I'll give I'll give you that. He's up there. I'm a macho man guy. Uh, you know, Ross, he, you, know, you love Sting. Um, I'm a Sting fan. Yeah, I mean, if, you could pretty much take anybody from the NWO Wolfpack, and I'd be cool with that. Whenever it was uh, in WWF, um, I really liked uh, anybody in DX, <laughs> to be truly honest with you, at that point in time, because they were the ones you wanted to like. You know, Stone Cold obviously was, you know, a big fan favorite then. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I like Triple H a lot better, like, post-DX than I did pre-DX. And I liked... Uh, X Pac way better than One Two Three Kid, which is the same character. He just changed John, you know, changed his character. Uh, but I mean, it was it was a fun time in wrestling for sure. That was Dude, I still look lives. at I still look at Wolfpack shirts and sit there and think like, do I want to drop some money just to buy a shirt? Like I buy a bunch of random stupid shirts all the time, but I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to buy one. Don't see do, too many people wear it. Do you remember the night? The wolf pack broke up, or not broke up, but were betrayed. And oh, yeah. the whole thing went down and going to school the next day. Because this is Monday night. This is Monday night nitro. I didn't want to go to school the next day. Nope. It was so bad. That that might have been the first time in my life that I was truly heartbroken at something that happened and didn't see it coming. Totally threw me for a loop. And I just remember not wanting to go to school the next day. Yeah, that goes way, way back right there. <laughs> I open the show with a squirrel. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. He starts oh, he brings up the one night in China. He did it. <laughs> You're right, Nathan. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it was de- it's definitely out there. It's on the internet. Yep. If you want to Google that, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. But, you know, if you want to Google that, go ahead and check it out. Use your keywords wisely. That's right. That's right. They're always looking. Um, well, I mean, so Ross, just me and you tonight, Sarah's got some uh, adult things to do. She's got some uh, work stuff, you know, making her busy tonight. So she has to uh, take care of that. And we totally understand because we're almost adults and we try not to be, but we are, you know, like yeah. it, just, it just is. We're just adults and it sucks. But um, I guess we can get into some news. We got Bad Batch, Picard, uh, Last of Us, and then Mando. 
premiere came out. Mando. But before we do all that, let's go ahead and get into some news. Hit us, Ross. <laughs> Start off with a disclaimer. Greg has found the video button and is trigger happy. <laughs> I am. It's fun. Uh, you sent some things this week. I mean, I read a bunch of stuff. Uh, I think that uh, the most recent thing that I read was for Star Trek fans that season five Discovery is going to be the last season. Um, it is a weird show. Ironically, not the only show on television about mushrooms. Um, mm, yeah. It's a good watch, though. I mean, you know, I hate to see it go. It, it definitely fell in between a, a limbo stage of CBS, Paramount Plus. Now, you know, turn... Uh, streaming wars. I don't want to call it like it's a result of streaming wars falling out, but I think it's just everyone is constantly going underneath a stage of like reevaluating what they have. So Discovery is the one set way in the future, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I watched one or two episodes of that and thought it was really, really good. And then just never went back to it. You just got to follow it. I mean, it, it, uh, I don't want to say the seasons took too long to come out because they really actually came out pretty fast. But I think that it was the nice bridge from Enterprise to where we are now, A Strange New World. Mm -hmm. And all the other, you know, Picard is definitely pays homage to the old stuff, you know, TNG and everything else that came with the um, TNG era, you know, of all the movies and everything else that they had. So it was it was a nice bridge between the two. I think that Strange New Worlds is going to be you know, kick ass if they keep up the direction that they're going. Uh, I just hate to see discovery leave it. I don't feel like you can really, it's tough to maintain multiple star Trek shows at one time. Right. Because it gets in that muddled era of like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think that's kind of why star Wars wanted us to pick an era to start telling stories. But even then like it's, it's tough because you know, that we went through that right off the bat when they, they came out with the first two movies with um, force awakens and then rogue one. Everyone was like, "How do you do that?" It it does kind of throw you off in time because I noticed just watching Mandalorian. I'm like, man, I wonder if this person's going to show up. I'm like, damn it, that's not even the same time era. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it, it happens to me a lot. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of weird, but I know it's in the same like storyline time era because for me, Star Wars is kind of broken down into like three storylines now. I haven't read uh, the uh, the old Republic stuff yet, or is it old Republic or New Republic? What what is the the, old? the New Republic? New Republic stuff, yet, yeah, yeah. I've heard some of it, but I, I I guess that's another era you consider it in. But I look at it like, um, what's what am I thinking? Like Revan era, mm -hmm. and then like uh, I'm looking at the Bane era, and then I'm looking at like the Luke Skywalker era. You know, like those are like for me, those are like the three main timelines I see, and they're easily set. What a thousand years? Well, one's like four thousand years before the other. Bane for Revan, and then. Revan's like a thousand years before the, the Skywalker or something like that. I'm not sure. Somebody's going to be telling me I'm wrong, and I'm sure that I am. Fact check me. But uh, there's a lot of time between those three. But I, I uh, those are my three main timelines, at least from what I've read and I know of Star Wars. And, you know, I mean, rumors have been going around like crazy ever since they announced the Acolyte. So, you know, that show could... I know a lot more news has come out about it, but to be honest with you, I try to stay away from extremely spoilerish news. So I always take the clickbaity article head with a little bit of a, uh, you know, grain of salt just so that I'm not dipping my toe in too deep because I do mm -hmm. love being surprised. I hate knowing way too much going into it because 
if you know too much going into it, then all you want to do is keep picking it apart. And we talk about it all the time when we look at trailers that we've watched. So I'm cool with it. Yeah. Uh, but um, I kind of lost track. Oh, yeah, we were talking about Discovery, right? That was the whole thing that got us onto the Star Trek and having Squirrel. different shows and different timelines. Yeah, Squirrels. Look, Star, look at Star Wars. Star Wars. Right. <laughs> um, there's DC, the Penguin show started uh, filming. So, like I said, that show is still moving forward. So now, we're, now they're filming. You know, we saw the uh, with Colin picture. Farrell Penguin. Yeah, we saw the picture of him in makeup forever ago. Whenever he was doing test fits and stuff like that. So. So Mike asked if Ross Telltale Games is making an Expanse game. Hmm, that's interesting because Telltale did the uh, the Dark Knight or the Batman Telltale series, right? Same same series. Okay, cool. I like those. That was fun. And thanks a lot, man. You got me into uh, reading this uh, Expanse series books, which is nineteen books, and each book is twenty hours long. So it's going to take me a little while to get through these, but they are fun. Your way or another, I will get you into it. (laughs) You got to get into it, man. I'm telling you, they they just released uh, the past couple weeks. They've they're getting a new comic book thing going on, so they're they're pushing the narrative a little bit more. I saw the headline, read a little bit into it. Dead honestly, passed out, was extremely tired. I uh, haven't really gone back to read it, but I also know that it wasn't, it wasn't like coming out like the next day. So I wasn't trying to, I wasn't really moving too fast with it. Right. All right. Uh, what, or at least read it. And then at some point you'll watch it in like six years. I would, well, it's Apple TV, right? No, it's on uh, Prime. It's on Prime? Oh, well, then I'll definitely try to watch it soon. I, I want to get at least through the first book before I start. So I want to ask There's you, have, you, have you read the books too? Uh, the first one, um, and I have not. Uh, I've been meaning to pick up the other ones, but I, okay. I haven't been reading much of anything. I, I read enough with other crap that I got to do. So, Does the show follow the book pretty closely? Yes. Okay. Uh, the There are a couple things that they had to change. And I can don't want to spoil anything, so you know, I'll tell you as you know, time goes on, if you start watching it. But it is pretty dang close to the to the story. They have uh, they did not make it to the end of the books in the series, which is like I continue to talk about. At some point, they've toyed around with the idea of a movie, but we did it honest with you. Like I love the series. Stand by the fact that I think seasons one through four are fantastic. Um, Five and six started to change a little bit, but they didn't take it too far out of it. Okay. I also waited for them to come out. And so the whole entire time waiting for them, you know, I'm just like ingesting expanse all over again. And I hated, uh, it felt so abrupt because I, I did watch it and knew so much about seasons one through four, but I watched season one through four, probably okay. half a dozen times at least. So uh, Nathan says he's going to look into the Expanse books. I guess the first book is uh, Leviathan Wakes. Leviathan. 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 Yep. Yeah, Leviathan. Leviathan. Okay. Leviathan Wakes. Okay. Yeah. Um. That's the first book. I'm five chapters into it right now. I usually do my books on Saturdays because most of my podcasts that come out weekly don't come out on Saturdays. So uh, I'm definitely going to knock out probably four or five chapters tomorrow with that. Um. And Mike says he's read all of the books except the last one. Show follows very close. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I definitely need to start checking the show out. Nathan, I would say it's very Star Wars, like listening to it. Um, it's just 
different terminology on certain things and new characters, but it yeah. feels kind of like a Star Wars universe. To be true, and the honest. characters that actually portray well, it feels like I'll make that point first. It feels like that because it definitely has a sense of realism. Like it doesn't give you the uh, grandiose uh, utopia feeling that you get from Star Trek sometimes, and that always separated Star Wars and Star Trek. I think that Star Wars definitely felt more like it could be real because you had a lot more worlds that felt like they had a lot more realistic environments and not just from where you were living, but like, you know, social, political, like everything about it seemed like it could have been happening. You know, when you watch Andor, you're immediately rooted into that planet and you're like, these guys are working their butts off. You know, like it has that, you can relate to it. Whereas Star Trek definitely seems like, you know, we all shit in the garden because it makes better crops and we all share the crops, you know, like social circles that we do. So you got to think about it. Star Trek is in the future and in our galaxy, whereas Star Wars is in a galaxy (laughs) far, far away a long time ago. So, I mean, you know, that's that's the difference right there. (laughs) The um, the characters are great in the show. I love the actors who portray them. Like, I think that. I'm interested to see the actors they pick for these characters yeah. that I've heard so far voices for. So, sorry. I think that you uh, can go on IMDb and check out the the listing of them. And I mean, like, dude, what's uh? I can't remember her name. She's got the real long name, but she ends up playing the defense minister, and then uh, other stuff will go into it. Um, see, I, I I don't know where you're at, so I don't want to spoil too much. <laughs> <laughs> But there's a whole lot that is really, it's a real solid watch. And I said it countless times again, you know, how many times I brought up on this show, but yeah. it's, yeah. it's a massive, uh, it's, it's, it's great sci-fi. That's what I love about it. Well, I told you the trick is I've just got to start it with Ashley and then like get her into it. And then there's no way I can watch anything but that for the next two weeks. So. And I've told you that the only hard thing is getting used to the belters speech, I think is probably the hardest thing to get into because you have to, you know, linguistics of any kind, you got to know what the keywords are. Once you can relate to what they're saying, because you know what the keywords are, it's not a problem, but when you're hearing it, you got to get used to it because they, they have terms for words that it helps watching the show because it gives you the visual to it clearly anytime that you can get a visual it helps, but you, you're just, you're investing in a new language. Yeah. Well, here's the problem is like, uh, when I said trying to get Ashley into these shows is, uh, she can get into superhero stuff, Marvel stuff, DC stuff, stuff like that. She hates star Wars. <laughs> Ashley absolutely hates anything and everything about Star Wars, which makes it very difficult because there's any kind of Star Wars-esque hint to it. If there's the word star in the name, if there's some kind of blaster or saber or spaceship in it, I can't get her to watch it. I don't know why. She just hates Star Wars. Like, hates Star Wars with a passion, which sucks for me because I love Star Wars so much. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, so that's, that's my away from her time watching I mean- stuff. But uh, I, I gotta, uh, I, I gotta find a way to get her into this show and make her not think it's like sci-fi. Andor is pretty good. Like it doesn't give you like a whole, yeah. There's blasters in it, but there's yeah. Like, really, it's it's not like a super blastery no lightsaber show, you know. So yeah. 
It just depends, to be sure they're honest with you. It's it's if if the story is good enough to get her hooked in the first episode, she usually likes it, whatever it is. I mean, because like I said, she watched the the uh the one hundred. Mm-hmm. That's kind of got a, a sci-fi kind of feel to it, and it fell off really bad at the end of that show. Um, she watched uh, Falling Skies, which I love that show so much, but no, nobody ever watched that show, but I love it so much. So she gets can get into some of these things, but that's the trick, man, if I can get her into it. So I need to sit down with her like on a Sunday with nothing to do for like two hours and watch, uh, watch some of this stuff. Yeah, J-Stub says Mando. I would love to get her into Mando because it's a fun show. That sounded weird. Uh, it's a fun show, but um, yeah, we're gonna talk some Mando here in a little while. But we got to get through all this other stuff first. So that's that's the finale for tonight. I think. So, what you got? What do I have? Um, you know, I saw this today. Uh, Return of the Jedi, uh, possibly returning to screen in April, back in theaters. You had mentioned when was the last time we went to theaters and saw that, which is funny because you are actually somebody that I've gone and seen that movie with in theaters. Uh, I I can't remember when we did. I swear but. it was all 1997 that they were all released. I thought it was a matter of like a couple months apart. You know, like they they were each given like 45 days or something to run in the the cinemas. But I, I, I'm pretty dang sure it was 97. That would have been seventh grade for us. <sighs> so I mean, I'm trying to because I that's how I had to think about it as grades. Like, and I remember whatever year is the grade that we're in. That's what grade we were in. Like 95, oh. I was in fifth grade, 96, sixth grade. So, uh, man, that doesn't make me. <laughs> but I think, I think you could be right. I do remember seeing him. But the question is, should this be true? And does it come out near us? Do you want to go see the best Star Wars movie in theaters again? Oh, I love how you just go ahead and, and just boop. Well, you know, <laughs> the best Star Wars movie. I've already gave my rankings. No. <laughs> Jedi's always going to be the best for me. But I'm always down yeah. to see Star Wars in theaters. Um, you know that you know me well enough to know that I'd travel far and wide to, to see the wars in theaters. Yeah. J stub says 97 and 99. I don't remember 99, but that could have been, we may have not seen it, but I feel like if it was in theaters, then we may have 99 was, uh, force awakens. Wasn't it? Was it 99? and then Clones, 05? not force awakens, force awakens, not, not force awakens. Phantom Menace. Yeah. Phantom Menace, Phantom Menace yeah. episode one. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah, because I think um, they, they put those the the old movies out to promote the new stuff coming. Yeah, right? well, yeah. it was their anniversary. It was their 20th anniversary. It was 97. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that is a little early to promote, I guess. so. Or 20th for at least a new um, one. Let's see. Yeah, so yeah, def- yeah if it comes out, I definitely want to go see it. Let's go check it out because it's always fun to see Star Wars in theaters. Put it in 3D. Classics. Let's go see what it's like in 3D. Ooh, I've never seen it in 3D. You're right. That would be an experience. That would definitely be an experience. I don't know. Maybe they will. We'll see. Doesn't have to be filmed in 3D, though. Could they convert an old movie to 3D? Well, they can do it with uh, digital televisions. You know, it can won't they? be like it's nowhere near the experience that something like Avatar is. But OK, because those are filmed still... for 3D, yeah. right? Like, yeah. OK, OK. So it could be kind of 3D, some with 3D-ish. Or I say filmed with. I mean, they're made with 3D. They're, you know, bits are <laughs> all that stuff is computer graphics for the most part. So. Okay. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, I know you're big on Ted Lasso. Uh, March fifteenth. Right. Uh, is it fifteenth? Uh, I think 15th, so. Right. I don't know. Yep. Okay. March fifteenth, which is funny because uh, you know that's Apple TV, and of course, you know everybody's got to answer on that day and try to have something to knock it off or take the weight noise away from. It. And Netflix has the uh, the Pornhub documentary. 
coming out that day. So it's an interesting choice <laughs> to drop it on the same day as Ted Lasso. But um, I mean, I'm willing to bet people are going to watch it. I mean, from what I know about people watching Pornhub, they're probably going to fast forward to the end. And see right, <laughs> exactly. The, the last 45 seconds. Like, right? yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I didn't know anything about you this. Said. I heard it on a radio show the other day, and I was like, wow, that's that's interesting that they choose to do this. So they've done the, uh, what was it, the Chippendales documentary now? And now they're doing mm-hmm. a Pornhub documentary? But I think the Chippendales documentary is more of a dramatized like um, version of the story based on a true story type deal. I think this is an actual documentary where they're interviewing people and telling stories about this and this and how this came to be. And so I think it's a little different. Well, sure. scandals and everything from what you said, the, the link that you sent was well, yeah, the scandals trafficking and all kinds and, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing. The uh, dark history of Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which you would expect there's gotta be some kind, right? Um, but yeah, that, that's going to be interesting that they just chose to do that on the same day. I can't say that it's going to get better rankings than Ted Lasso or not, but I can tell you that I'm watching Ted Lasso because I know Ted Lasso is going to be a week to week drop because it always is when it comes out, but stand by the fact that it is the best feel good show on television. Can't wait to get Apple TV and see it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> to be truly honest with you that is probably the number one show that i want to see watch you have an ipad those. just do it i i, I, I gift well, you the, i'll give you iPad. the month you know what apple's supposed to be so good her ipad like you plug it in and it'll say charge 100 and you pull it out and in like 10 minutes it's down to 67 percent and in like three minutes it's down to 10 percent and Does you plug it like back in three? it's automatically like, up to 40 percent batteries jacked on that thing man it sucks well, that sounds like it could be a user problem. Just gonna say we didn't charge it right. <laughs> you're right. That's probably you're probably right. We didn't charge it right. Um, <laughs> also, a category on Pornhub. That's true as well. Yeah. Um. All right. What else? We got the Ant Man. Oh yeah, let's talk about this Ant Man drop, man. The biggest Marvel drop from week one to week two. Um, That's what of course, they said. did have Cocaine Bear come out week two? Correct. And I've heard a lot hit. of people talk about it in what, Cocaine Bear. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And not only really good. Talk about it, but yeah, they say great things about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the first things I've seen for a while. It's had good positive reviews from critics and from rev- uh, people like mm-hmm. audience. Like Rotten Tomatoes is up on both sides. Um, it's Elizabeth Banks. It's uh, Ray Liotta's last film. Like it's supposed to be. From what I understand, I haven't seen it yet, but there's supposed to be some like really heartfelt moments to it. So, right. which is kind of weird from a cocaine bear movie, but. Yep. Did you see that uh, the people who are making Sharknado are making, um, <laughs> what is it? It's, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the movie. It's like LSD Gator or something like that. It's not LSD oh, Gator. Meth, it's meth Gator. Meth, or... meth Gator. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Meth Gator. So uh, that'll be fun. Which I feel like we already saw this past week, so more on that later. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> wait a second. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, um, But yeah, I mean... I, okay, so we didn't even talk about the Ant-Man drop. We talked about it, and then we started talking about Cocaine Bear. So what does this mean, man? I didn't see this movie. It did not get good word of mouth, or people just not that excited to go see a Marvel movie. Like, is it the big, big fans that go see it opening weekend now, and then the audience sees it whenever it comes out because now it's going to come out on Disney in two months? There are so many things to consider in just saying that it dropped. 
Um, I think you have to consider it all before you start making any sort of like major true argument with it. Oh yeah. It you're right. It's going to be on people's TV in 45 days. You know, chances are normally it's about the, the running time. It is Ant-Man. Ant-Man already got the like pinnacle of his storytelling when all of a sudden he was the key to Infinity War Endgame. Like he was the one, him and the rat were the ones that saved the day. Um, yeah. When Ant-Man first came out, they weren't planning on making a lot of money and they weren't planning on it being like a fantastic addition. You know, they, they, they weren't, I don't want to say they weren't hoping for another Guardians, but they weren't expecting it to be anything. And how where Guardians came out and just blew everyone's socks off and everyone, the whole family wanted to see it because it was funny, it was heartfelt, and it was everything that you could want out of a movie. When Ant-Man came out, I had a real good time watching it. Like, Paul Rudd, look, the supporting cast for Ant-Man also didn't show up in Quantumania. Not, uh, not all of them didn't. Not, okay. Half of the cast, let's put it that way. Half of the That's cast what makes up. Ant-Man so fun is, is the supporting cast part, yeah. part, you know, part of it. So. You didn't get uh, Louise. You didn't get oh, no. you know, his little posse. And so none of them were in it. And they, they really helped make you know, his storytelling. Like, I think it's, it would be the best thing possible for him to describe the entire Infinity Saga in his manner of speaking in the way that he tells stories <laughs> that, that like that fun. would be just fantastic, you know, like a nice little side piece. But, um, you had King as the thing that diehard Marvel people wanted to see. Mm-hmm. And I've heard a lot of complaints about why do you bring King out out of the gate? Why do you, you know, because what they did with Thanos, they built up to it. And now they're starting this phase five, which is going to be phase five and six, at least so far that we know of. That's going to be heavily based around King, along you know with a bunch of other side stories going on at the same time. So a lot of people were complaining about that. And like, you know, like that's why would you do such a thing? But those are also other opinions that probably don't contribute to the drop. I've just heard a lot of talk about it. All right. The more I get, the better. Like, give me King. If you have a good story that you plan on telling long term and like you just want to throw them out there to begin with. Because there's a fight scene in that movie that was hard to watch. Like, it was good. It was just hard to watch because, spoilers, Ant-Man was getting his face bashed in. Oh, yeah. And that was like a they something that, that previous. I needed to see, you know? Like, I need to see. I need Kang to be something, something fierce and something badass. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of people kind of... I don't want to say took away from it, but like they they did see quite a bit of it in the trailers and there were fantastic moments in it, but it was a highly CG movie and CG is a real thing. It's a real tough thing to watch nonstop. We watch things like Avatar that's completely CG, but you reach a point to where it's like, is it all CG versus animated versus live action? When you do a heavily CG movie, you know, the people that want to see it the first week that can are going to go see it. Mm. The other thing is, too, it, it came out. <laughs> it came out right after Valentine's Day. Right. Kids are not out of school. They were out of school for President's Day, which I'm pretty sure was right around that same that same weekend. Uh, something like that. I'm not sure. Like they're not out until spring break. People aren't really spending money like everyone's tightening the hatches down. 
on everything that they're spending money on. And so when you already get Disney Plus, whether you pay for it or get it included or anything else, you can sit at home and watch it. I prefer to sit at home and watch it. I just wanted to go see it in theaters because I thought it was going to be something cool to see on the big screen in 3D. Yeah. So I rarely see movies in 3D, and that was when I really wanted to see it in 3D. Well, it, it's it's one that you definitely want to experience that way. Like I said, I, I was going to go with you. I had something happen that day I couldn't go. And because of that, I'm probably not going to go see it in theaters. Um, Ashley just mentioned the other day when we were bowling, because like Sunday night's our date night, and we bowl in a bowling league. And she was mentioning how she wanted to go see a movie. And I was like, well, Ant-Man's still in theaters. We can go see that if you want to. She didn't seem too excited about that, even though she does love Paul Rudd. I mean, anybody who was on Friends, she loves. Um, so, I mean, of course. but Even uh, in the smallest of roles. Yeah, exactly. But um, she, uh, I don't know what movie comes out next that I might take her to go see, because... It'd be fun to go see a movie, even though we didn't, you know, don't really talk in the movies. And she just likes the nice reclining seats. And some of the theaters are heated. So mm-hmm. heated reclining seats for two hours without the kids. Yeah, she's down for that. So like, well, like Shazam's coming out and like 65 yeah, comes out the same she weekend. Liked, she likes Shazam. I might go see 65 over Shazam in the theaters. I think I probably would, too, to be honest with you. I like Adam so. Driver better than Shazam. Put it that yeah. way. And it seems like an interesting story. And, you know, everyone says, you know, like we haven't got anything dinosaur wise really good since Jurassic Park. And I mean, no matter the the drippings of the original Jurassic Park that we still get these days, you still haven't got anything else that's been outside of that realm of, realm of storytelling because they just recycle the story over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, I think there's true Marvel fatigue. Once again, a lot of people. Felt like they just watched a whole lot of content with the shows and that it was just constantly on. And, you know, when you are watching things because they're on, not because you want to, like you have a true passion to want to watch it, it becomes more of a chore. And the Infinity Endgame ending, wrapping up of that whole phase was so massive for people. Those first 10 years was so massive that it's hard to kind of come back. It's hard to... It's hard to start a new story because no one was talking about this besides diehard fans when like Avengers was coming. When you were not only getting all of their original origin stories and you got Avengers and then you get, you know, more of their own movies. And then, you know, it became a big thing like phase three, I guess, was really what I want to say. Well, it's it's just hard to top, to be truly honest with you. Like, I, I can... There's very few movies that I've seen a bunch of times that I can go back to and still feel those same feelings the first time I watched the movie where I know it's going to happen, but I'm still on the edge of my seat and I'm still excited or I still get that that tug at my heart and kind of want to want to shed a tear. And, you know, like Endgame is one of those. And, you know, for me, I, I, not so much tears, but like for me, Batman vs Superman, like I love the, the you know, that's part of what I love about the movies, what I feel in that movie. Um, and, and it's very hard to find a movie like that. Like it almost feels like, they may have peaked and, at well, a point. And I'm not, I'm not saying they can't once again come back and have something great. But once you hit that peak, you have to go down again. Yeah, that's you that's the ticket. You know, and you you're, you're comparing the climax. Yeah. So you can't I mean, compare a climax to the to the, the the beginning of the next story. Right. Because, you know, you're right. It has to come down or else it's not considered a climax. Yeah. So once you tell the climax of that story, the Infinity Saga, you have to start somewhere anew and they're just bringing in the bits and pieces that they can from that story to start the next one. So I think that it's, it's 
I've always said that it's unfair to compare the Infinity Saga to anything that you're getting now. Because if you were kept on constant high, everything else seems like a letdown. Right. So you have to be able to like back down to, to build back up again. So that's what my you know two cents on it was. I'm not surprised that it dropped. I'm I'm really not. I don't think that a lot of people are seeing movies and you know Black Panther has a whole different reason for viewing audiences than something like Ant Man does. So Ant-Man isn't a top tier. I mean, I've also always been unhappy the way they portrayed Wasp, but Wasp was always so massive in the storytelling, the Avengers, you know, like she's like the head of the Avengers and, you know, she's been such a big part of all that storytelling. And, you know, then they shoot her down to play the would be king of the Pym industries. So, yeah, I mean, almost fridging a character didn't kill her, but yeah, just they're, Using her to progress, yeah. And story kind of so. It was a good movie though. Like, I mean, like it was a good watch. I'll definitely check it out. It, but like I said, I I'll check it out when it's free on Disney Plus, probably. Yeah, that just gets lost in this conversation. So, if you want to watch it, go watch it. Like by all means, like well, you gotta watch it tons to of check times. Out a movie. I mean, if she wants to go check out a movie in the next few days, we have some time off, and there's nothing else to do, and it's the only thing playing. I mean, there's not. I don't think I can't think of anything else right now in theaters that I really want to see. Maybe Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that, to be truly honest with you. I've heard really good things about it, so I mean, I might want to see go see Coke Bear, and that might be something for fun she might want to see too. Uh, but I don't know. So, uh, was there any more news for us? Uh, you, My dogs are going crazy back behind us. Sorry, I can't remember all the trailers, but there was the Ted Lasso trailer, or there was the Peter Pan trailer I was talking to you about earlier. Which the only reason I'm bringing that up is because it felt like the Peter Pan that we grew up with. From like Disney animated time, the cartoon one, yeah. Okay, and so it really to me felt like the first movie that they did. You know, Hook was fun and all that, but you know, you got Robin Williams playing. Hook was fun. <laughs> Rufio. Yeah, it's a whole. It was a fun take on a sequel idea at the time that it came out, and now I appreciate that they're coming out with this movie, even though I don't think we need another Peter Pan. I just think this one does it justice, and so well, it's you know, fun to see that they're going to continue to rehash these movies out for years and, oh, years, yeah. and years to come. So, I mean, you'll always see new Peter Pans. I mean, if they're starting with Peter Pan right now, there's going to be some other kind of Disney classic movie that they're going to. Oh, there is. I mean, little mermaid. Them. There's like all the other movies. Yeah. Yeah. Out, doing, so. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always going to happen, but I mean, that's the beauty of it. I mean, that you can deal different versions of the story and still have a good time. It just depends on how much they change the story. I guess you could say, yeah. But I guess if you're going to do different versions or slightly different versions, you got to change the story slightly, which is fine. I get that, but it just depends on what they do. So. Tweak it for better storytelling. That's all that I appreciate. Or there all you I go. Want is better storytelling. I like that. So that's a good way to put it. So. Uh, other than that, have you watched anything this week other than our big shows we're about to talk about? You know what we did? Oh, I did. I watched um, that movie on Netflix. Is it? I think it might be Netflix. We have a ghost or something I like that. I watched that too. Yeah. yeah, I watched that. That was fun. Um, I had you see homeboy how jacked he is. Like you know he's about to come out in Captain America four. Oh it's yeah. Like, oh it's yeah. Like twice the size. Anthony Mackie. Yeah. Yes. Dude was looking huge. I mean, yeah. I I uh I didn't know anything about this movie at all. It was just something Ashley turned on Netflix. We were playing a game of dice throne. She turned it on. She was like, Netflix recommends this. Let's watch it. Because I said that's what I need to start doing. Is whatever they recommend, just watch it. And uh, it was it was surprisingly Jesus, good. Like, 
going in the going into the movie not knowing anything about it, I was like, okay, what the hell am I watching? And I didn't know if at first if it was a horror or a comedy. And I would definitely not describe it as a horror, but it gives us kind of thriller vibes to it at some points in times where it's kind of trying to get you, you know. Um, but it was it was funny. The acting was great. Uh, the story was pretty good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. I, I would recommend checking it out. I think that David Harbour was pretty good. Um, it had just enough of a family feel good with a current, you know, facing problems like dad how many times we're we gonna start over again but it didn't feel like the kind of shit that we watched when we were kids where it's like how can we always move and how come our life sucks and right. in the reality it's like because we work our ass off and we're broke so you know it's time for you to start getting your child labor game on right now mm-hmm. um they bring in the youtube aspect <laughs> right here we are yeah, right. We'll so, <laughs> so the whole thing is um yeah <laughs> They blow our numbers out of the water, so I don't know what else to say about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's not even very high, but yes. Um. <laughs> Maybe we need a ghost. How do we get a ghost? That would make a big difference Yeah, if mm-hmm. we had a ghost on the show, I'm sure. But, but no, like I said, overall, it was a really good movie. Um, don't really want to talk spoilers about it. I don't know how. This is only like a week old. It just came out last week or something like that. Because I don't ne- don't think I remember hearing anything about it at all, and it was like number two out. on Netflix. Yeah, it came out last Friday. Maybe I, I watched it last weekend. So I, I have seen the trailer. Right came out then. Okay. I've seen the trailer pop up um, uh, a while back. So it had David Harbour in it and Anthony Mackie. And I'm like, well, yeah, sure. I'll watch it. Um, oh, speaking of and, Anthony Mackie, I heard that he's uh, the filming for that new Captain America movie with him starts like next month. I think I do lose on. Oh, so, we are on the precipice of it. We're about to have it start filming. So it'll be fun. Yep. Um, <laughs> I gotta watch my F1 show because it dropped too, but I haven't really watched anything else other than what we're about to talk about. Yeah, beyond that, I haven't been watching much TV. Yesterday was my TV day. I got some work done around the house and I got everything done. And it was like eight o'clock and Ashley's restaurant done closed till nine. So I was like, okay, I got a few hours and I was able to knock out Picard and Last of Us and um, Mando. And then today I watched Bad Batch. So throw your video tidbit in there and let's get started. Let's do it, man. Ah, I say, what's good on TV? I can't say it with the mic speed. <laughs> so, just regular shows we're covering this week, man. We're going into Bad Batch. Uh, we're going in back into the card. Uh, last of Us and Mando fired up this week. Let's save Mando for last. Yep. Even though it was one of the shortest shows, kind of short to me, 37 minutes that's with credits. So, it is. Well, I'll say this and we'll move on. It is the shortest opening of any show on Disney Plus. Okay. Of any of the like Marvel DC or Marvel um, uh, Lucasfilm, like as the shortest season opener. So definitely, definitely short. Well, let's get into the other short one, which happens to be in the Star Wars universe and the animated ones. Go ahead and talk about Bad Batch. Uh, that was the one that I watched today, fresh in the mind. Um, okay. I see a backline or like a story running in the background of all these little side missions on the show. And I see kind of how these side missions are possibly starting to tie into this main storyline, which is what I'm so wondering. Or, which is what I've been kind of wondering the whole time, because it seems kind of like a week-to-week show. Where there's not really a whole lot of connection between the stuff going on. Uh, I still want to know what's going on with uh, 
um, Crosshair. Yep. We haven't seen him since episode two. So I want to know what's going on with that. But I mean, this week's show was enjoyable. I mean, it's, 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 it's what you would want to see in a just little short episode of a Star Wars story where you have a beginning, a mission, an end, and then it puts the heroes in a situation where what's going to happen next, you know, exactly where you want to get in a, what, 30-minute episode of something animated with Star Wars, so. Yeah, you have a bunch of interesting things. Number one, the creature was from Clone Wars. I don't know if you remember the, um, oh, what was it called? The... uh, Man, I'm never going to remember the name of the episode. But you have, take it from the top. There's a ship stranded. uh, Just falls out of hyperdrive. Which those ships look badass, by the way. Yeah. I'm going to bring this point up later. But uh, the ships definitely looked cooler in the in-between. You know, before everything was... uh, uniform you know i think what i like about the um new republic when once it was formed is you know like at the the one cool scene of all the ships in uh rise of skywalker when they all show up to help you know everyone answered the call you know you get to see the difference and on all of it and so i always thought that was cool rather than seeing you know the fleet of flying triangles coming in from the empire but you get the horror aspect because you got a ship just basically mauled in claw marks. And not only that, you got a clone commando running around with the staff, basically looking like he saw the ghost. Um, it just, you, it, it did a good job for an animated show to make you feel the horror of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you didn't get to see what happened to that first guy. You just see him get, uh, eaten or taken by something which later on in the show you kind of find out more about this creature and you wonder why he would be carrying that staff mm. <laughs> you know in that situation unless he's just a uh, joe and has no idea he's just a security guard on the ship and has no idea what's going on that is what he is but they you know like i said it's not the first showing of the zillow beast it was in clone wars and they all know that i mean it was it wasn't a good story arc in clone wars mainly because the, I, I feel like the story that they tried to tell was not good for children. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, we did something evil. You know, this beast is just evil. Like, just kill it, you know, rather it's than like, type deal. rather than try to understand the thing that's that's causing harm. It was like, the answer is just kill it. And I think that's a real dangerous precedent to set with children on a television show. You know, that's Y7. So, uh, but they knew about it and they knew, they knew plenty of stuff about it. That's why... It was chosen, even though the one that killed on Clone Wars was supposed to be the last one ever. You had the Zillow Beast. What's even more interesting is that you had Sid show up and get the information about the ship being stranded. And man, did she flop fast in the percentage that she was going to give people or the Bad Batch on on recovering it. That should have been the sign from the get-go right then and there. I'll give you a 30%. That's how much you normally give us. All right, 35. All right, 40. All right, 50. I'm like, that's a red flag people (laughs) well based on what had happened between them last time i think that maybe that could have been something they were considering might have been a reason she was doing that understandable but did she she also do you think she knew what was the cargo was she's knew it was cargo right the ship had crash landed so you're right 
I mean, she may not have known what it was. Fair. Yeah. So, but but at the same time, you're right. She did fold pretty quickly. Yeah. Whatever it was, she wanted it. She screwed up with the last episode, you know, of not picking them up and treating them like trash, which is would have been enough for me to be like, <laughs> screw you. I'm never coming back. Um, well, and they even said that in this episode. They were like, are we even going back? <laughs> type deal. Mm-hmm. And Echo brought up a good point. He was like, well, with what she knows about us. And I guess at this tech. point, everybody. I'll say Echo's not, in, Echo's not in this one. It was tech. Tech. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, tech. But um, the, and I guess that's a good point is to this point, everybody thinks they're dead. Correct. They're, they're just kind of out. About. They're a rumor that only a few people have heard. Which makes the next part of this show even more interesting because when they're going after the Zillbeast, they actually get not captured, but seen by the Empire. Yep. And uh, almost captured, but uh, they do get away. And the Empire even says, you know, like, did this, <laughs> we saw this ship. I can't remember what they called it. They're like, we saw this insurgent ship and uh, it got away. So, yep. The, the Marauder is definitely a um, easily identifiable ship, I think. But, you know, that's the whole thing about ship signatures is that uh, they're supposed to be able to identify the, the types and everything else. But um, they make it down to the planet. They're going to go check it out. Tech says the thing that makes you know that some, something bad's going to happen to where he's like, you know, I'm going to go at it alone, like, you know. You three go do this, and like I'll go do this by myself, and it's like no, never makes sense. Like why? It's never a good yeah. idea, dude. So you find out that the, uh, of course, Omega is identifying the fact that it's chameleon esque cloning technology. And then all of a sudden, you see the the Pokemon itself, the the alien iguana, the Zillow Beast, show up, which looked way cooler before it got bigger. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. It had like an alien uh, sand flea, lethal sand flea look to it, which I know doesn't sound mean at all, but if you ever dealt with a sand flea. But... I'm extremely irritated. <laughs> yeah. It, it looked way, way more intimidating when it was like uh, the size of a person than it yeah. did when it got bigger. But it got bigger, it just kind of looked weird. It didn't Those need a tail. Were... It looked like a lethal grasshopper with a tail. Yeah. Those things were uh, from... I think the episode in Clone Wars was it was I think it was Malastare that they were supposed to be from. And they were supposed to be like an extinct species, and then they were somehow found out, and there was only one that was left, and that's what led to that whole story in Clone Wars. But so what's what more? You, okay, go ahead. I was just gonna say, say that it okay. took off downtown, <laughs> took off downtown to find more energy, and then turned into the you know like that's why I call it a Pokemon because it phased up to the next thing. So. Well, what do you think the Empire's trying to do with this? Do you think they're trying to, like, are they trying to build an army of Zilla Beast? No, 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 no. This is all a precursor to, um, this is all supposed to aid in the storytelling of cloning Sidious. So, um, okay. with Palpatine looking for his next body, his next way to continue life, the cloning technology was his way of trying to find the next thing to happen. Now he's using it on things that could be weapons. Yes. Okay. But I think that the end goal is to get you to that. The fact that he was able to do it because okay. little known fact from all the books and everything else is that Palpatine was trying to 
do all this cloning technology all the way up to the point that he supposedly died at the end of episode six. And when he died in return of the Jedi, he had sent his like mind state to a clone body. Yeah. His consciousness to a clone body. And it was not ready to accept it. And so that's why he kept decaying and decaying and decaying and that we weren't supposed to see him until the very end of rise of Skywalker. So that's all in the books. It's all part of the, canon underlying culture but mm. this is all supposed to be part of that i know there's no good not fantastically done in the movies i'll say uh, that yeah. but <laughs> but i can see the story being there um so i'm trying to think you know what's funny is every time i see wrecker and he's wearing his helmet he'll always pop his helmet off to look at something i'm like dude you look way more intimidating <laughs> with the helmet on like leave the helmet on like you, you look like a badass but you look like way more of a badass with a helmet on uh, but he continues to take the helmet off i don't know what's going on with that it makes the most sense, like uh, when you got Luke, who's like, I can barely see you out of this thing. Uh, the Empire comes in, they're taking the villagers because, you know, no evidence. And Is then that because they've seen the Zilla Beast. Yeah. Okay. And then you have, uh, of course, introduced earlier on is uh, Dr. Hemlock, which I swore was going to be homeboy from Mandalorian, but I, I, time frame definitely doesn't add up as easy as it should. Right. So you have Hemlock and he's trying to find out a way to make my God, what is her name? Nala say talk. Yeah. Something like that. And so whenever he realizes he can't, he's like, you know, well, I'm going to bring in the prime minister and then we're going to get him to say something. And he thinks that he's going to basically be brought in and either tortured or strong armed into doing something. And then he finds a real easy way out. And it's like, Hey, she had a little partner who helped her out through this entire thing. You want to hurt her. You're going to need Omega to show up and, you know, put the screws to that girl. Yeah. And then end. End scene. Yeah. Short show. Um, fun one though. How many more says we have left this season? Five, four weeks. We have five shows. The last the season two-parter. finale will be a two-parter. Okay. Well, we're getting there. So, one more month. And uh don't know anything about season three yet. If no. coming out, nothing at all. Okay. No. We'll see what happens. Uh, see if this one wraps up at the end of two seasons or if we continue to go somewhere. I'm just still interested to see what happens with Crosshair, man. Like, I, I still think he's going to be the guy that comes in at the end and saves the day. Yeah. You know? Totally could. You know, there's... I'm not ruling anything out with him because it doesn't seem like he's very happy in his current position. So, right. right. Oh, hold on one second. Let me put this dog in here. Um, let's start. Okay. So, you got anything else you want to say about Bad Batch? Nope. All right. Let's hop into the other Star Universe and talk into Star Trek. And let's talk about Picard. You're a bigger Star Trek guy than I. I can tell you right now, of all the shows that I've watched this week, this one was my favorite. I had a really, really good time with the show. I definitely find. The fact that you say that interesting. Uh, the the episode title was 17 seconds. And I mean, the show could have felt like 17 seconds as fast as all the action was making it go. But it did a good job of really throttling the action with the other storyline of Worf and uh, Raffi. So for the two of them doing their little side story, which I don't find nearly as interesting as I should at this point in time. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, it sucks because Worf brings my attention to the screen 
but I don't feel like I'm getting the payoff from the story yet. I don't know why that is, but well, I think it's because what you're seeing on the ship is so much more action packed and fun. It's so much of a better story. I mean, you're talking about Picard's son on the ship. Picard, his son, Riker. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, and, and, and now, you know, we're going to get into this episode. Now you're talking about Riker being in command. You're talking about, you know, possible deaths. You're talking about changelings. Like there's all kinds of stuff that happens in this episode. And it's really like, this is a much more interesting story. But one question I wanted to ask, or one question we had before this episode, was how do these two stories tie together? We finally get some of that this week, in a badass way. Yeah, I, a badass way. I'm gonna have to go ahead and just get this out of the way. I think that you know they had the flashback with Riker and Picard when Riker's son was born, and they were sitting in the well-known bar having having a drink. And it was real big for the two of them to share that moment together. And it was necessary for the story because it, it gave them the, you were here, you said great things. And then, you know, lost happened. He loses Thaddeus. And mm-hmm. then now they're in this point to where Picard figures out that he has a son. You right. have Riker the whole time trying to tell him. It's like, you need to be in this moment. You need to be in this moment because I lost a kid and I can tell you how bad it is. Right. I can understand and I've lived my own life knowing people who have lost children. Mm. And I know that that is tough. And I know that is something that is almost impossible to ever come back from, but putting, putting that kind of weight on other people is very, very pointless because just because you experience something like that and you have the fear that someone else could experience it too, does not mean that you should make them feel your entire weight of that. Right. And so I hated the, I hated the bit of Riker acting like a dick to Picard and just being like, you know, cutting him off at what felt like every turn. And then of course the one time that he took Picard's, uh, uh, help like his, his, his addition to the scenario, Mm -hmm. it backfired. And, you know, things just went horrible. But yeah. that's clearly what was necessary to happen in the storytelling. I just hate that little bit. I hate it. I, I hate seeing Riker play the bad guy. Yes. And 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 no, I guess kind of because the, the way I kind of look at it is, yes, he is kind of being a dick in that situation. But there's sometimes it calls for a dick. Like yeah. I, he wasn't wrong. Let's put it that way. True. His, it's just like uh, the the uh, the captain before that that got injured whenever the ship got hit. He's sure. not wrong. Um, emotionally and for the show, you want him to be the bad guy and you want him to be like, no, go against this because this is what you want to see. But in real life, this is the protocol you want to follow is what he's doing. And, and Picard is following emotion. And the thing is, though, Picard wasn't necessarily wrong either. You have no way of knowing what's going to happen there. And in that kind of situation, you've got it's, you know, what is it? Fight or flight? type deal mm-hmm. uh i mean and and neither one may necessarily be wrong you just got to make the right choice and uh yeah unluckily for them it, it, it was the wrong choice in that situation and because of what ties in these actual storylines with these portals so we'll talk about that in a minute oh, well, but yeah. I, I, I did want to say um i thought the moment with picard talking or with Riker talking to picard about the moment with his son also set up well for the ending where picard is traveling down like you were saying, the 17 seconds down the ship. Yes, yeah. yes, so yes. It yes. sets up for that. Like, now I'm feeling Longest what you felt. Turbo lift ride ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, it was, it was good. Um, 
foreshadowing for that scene. And it was a definite payoff for that. The thing about Patrick Stewart is, you know, the man's got emotion written all over his face when he wants to portray it. Mm-hmm. I think that, I think there's a difference between the way that Kirk and Picard work, but they both do the same thing that captains have to do. And that's play the gut feeling. Mm-hmm. I think that Kirk has always been the more boisterous character who definitely comes off as a, just trust me. Like I can do this. Like you're going to mm-hmm. see the way this pans out, you know, like just trust me, trust me, trust me. Or <laughs> what's that mad TV Stewart? Like, <laughs> Or SNL was it? Like, <laughs> Look what I can do. And this definitely feels like you know what Kirk can does sometimes. Um, whereas Picard is a chess player, and that man will sit there and play chess and just wait for your ass to, to make the wrong move. You know, he's always been more methodical, and he's always been, you know, centered in himself, and he's able to hold most of his emotions there have been plenty of times where he has not been able to do so, but Mm. to generalize his character, that's how he normally is. So it's interesting to see in his elder years where he's breaking apart for these moments, but it's also interesting to see that with the history that he has with these other people like will and I mean, he doesn't have a history with Shaw, but you know, all the other crew that's been on this show period, that they wouldn't trust him more than they do. And it shows the, that's why I make that, that scenario with Riker and the child lost thing is such a big deal because mm-hmm. he's playing extremely based off emotion where you have Picard, who's trying to stay in the chess game because, you know, captains do what captains do best. And that's maintained under disorder or disarray. Right. And they're able to actually make things happen. Mm-hmm. It, we all had that moment, like you said, fight or flight, like, what do we do? But in the moment of panic, a captain should not panic. Right. We all second guess the questions and things that we have in our heads and the way that we feel and everything else. And like, what's the right decision? What's not the right decision. But in that moment, I did not feel that Riker had any control. And so I know that what I felt was supposed to be what I felt because of the story. I just kind of hated feeling it because I'm like, I know these characters and I love them so much. What are you doing? You're destroying all of it. So well, it's funny you say Picard's more of a chess player because we've actually seen him play chess on screen. You know, next very much so, right? So yeah, there you very go. much so playing a lot of chess. Um, let's real quick let's talk about uh, the moment with uh, uh, the mom. I can't remember her name. The the lover. doctor. Yes, oh, doctor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, this is a very, very crazy moment because, like, it's one of those moments where I'm, I'm kind of, I'm watching and I'm listening to what they're saying. I'm like, "Ooh, she's right. Ooh, she's right." And then I hear him. And I'm like, "Ooh, he's right too." You know, like they're, they're neither one of them really wrong. Like, oh, when they're when he first grabbed her right after, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, yeah." Well, well, well uh, he, she's basically telling him like, "I could, I could raise my son. I couldn't raise Jean Luc Picard's son." Type deal. And she, she gives examples of for his entire life and this would put him in danger just being your son type deal and he's right too where he's like well you didn't give me that I may, maybe i would have made this choice but you stole rob the opportunity of me mm-hmm. making that choice and it's like maybe i wouldn't have and it's like oh okay so uh, i, I kind of get where you're coming from there like i kind of was on her side and then he said that and i was like oh yeah you're right she kind of did she kind of took that opportunity away from you so I don't know. yeah the crusher picard relationship has always been difficult 
because you knew that it existed and you know they were always like well it doesn't exist um i i think that what you have with uh with dr crusher is what exactly she described you know she sat there she had a conversation about you know i lost my son i lost my husband and all these things and like you and i shared these moments together and you know it was a, a fan casting for a long time and then it became a thing and now what they're showing you is that you know something fruitful came from that relationship um yeah i can buy all of it i appreciate the drama between the two of them mm-hmm. but man do they need to get over their shit like now yeah, is I think not at this time point. for all of this and maybe after what happens in this episode they probably will and after nearly yeah. watching you know this, their son die and learning what's going on with everything, which I guess brings us to the things that tie this in would be the changelings and the tunnels, right? Mm. So there's obviously some kind of backlying story here. They know what's going on. Like they know this person, they know, I don't know where it falls into whether or not, um, Jack has a, uh, in on their knowledge or it was somehow able to get them technology. I don't know what the relationship is between the people on the strike, Strike, uh, striker, is that what it's called? Shriek? Shrike, the Shrike. Shrike. Yeah, something. It was um, what you and I said. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if the if somehow he's responsible for them getting the technology or if he knows the technology. But let's talk about it because I didn't had no idea that all of a sudden we were going to turn into a portals movie on you know another video game based thing. They they just dropped it in effortlessly is not the word but so unforgivingly like this exists deal with it and the more that you're going to read into oh yeah Yeah. the more that you're going to read into um the expanse you're going to find out more about portals i guess is kind of one way of saying it but other than that like this stuff has only existed in like video games some sci-fi stuff yes and stories but Man, like seeing it on screen, it's it's extremely dangerous. That I thought that the you can't get away from me. You know, it's kind of like that. It's like a, a an adult and like an infant or like a toddler playing. And it's like yeah, you can't get away from me. <laughs> oh, you right. can't get away from me. Oh. But then when they fired everything, and then it was like, <laughs> what's funny is like in the back of my mind, I was like, what if they brought that portal up in front of somebody firing at them? Like that was in my mind. The first yeah. time I saw it, I was like, that'd be an awesome idea. And didn't even think about that being what would happen at the end. But yeah, a uh, pretty crazy concept. This portal idea. I'm, I'm really interested to find out more about this, but like I said, what I'm kind of interested in is this whole changeling thing. Like, so there's a changeling on the ship and Worf and Raphael found a changeling. Um, and they gave some kind of storyline about, I guess, them being very powerful at once and not liking humans. And now they've been building a secret war against humans for the last few millennia or however long. And now they're ready to attack type thing, which is, okay, cool. Um, Picard's going to save the world the human race one more time at the end of this, I'm sure. Uh, unless they just end Star Trek altogether. Like John luc Picard dies, Star Trek is over. Well, I mean, that's not going to happen. Even though they already have shows in the future, so I can't really. Yeah, yeah. Um, The change, first off, I can't think of the word changing without hearing 
Ian McGregor say it, like in Star Wars, changeling. Yeah. You know, and so like it's uh, the first time they were like, I'm like, they said it, and I'm like, oh come on, like this is this isn't much of a Star Trek thing. You you can do a little bit better than this, but uh, they did their thing. Um, so this is a new storyline. Like you haven't seen these in Star Trek. I don't. Before? I don't know enough about the books and everything. That's definitely Sarah's department on how much like the lore goes into with all of this. So I don't know if it's a brand new thing or if it's a brand new to screen thing. Okay. Um, the betrayal was definitely interesting. The fact that there's a changeling on the ship that they're on, you know, like a, a saboteur as he called it was interesting that they're going to, I, I found the cat and mouse thing completely viable, viable. Like you could have, how would you trace these people? And like, well, if you had a leaky drive or whatever the case may be, leaky warp drive, then, you know, that would be like a major gas that gets put off in the atmosphere that anything can pick up. Mm-hmm. It's funny though, that the ship was sabotaged where he couldn't pick it up. So I feel like there's yeah. enough fail safes on, you know, backups on backups on backups. What's, what's that movie used to watch? I got a buster for the Busta Busta. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounds familiar. I got But um, I felt like there was going to be plenty of that, and there wasn't. Like, they weren't able to tell this. You know, kind of seems like that. Uh, all I can think of is like, oh, are we that blind? Could yeah. we not see it? That was right in front of us. Well, speaking that's... of accidents, Jack's accident. Oh, he did it. He did a couple of years in London. Like, he never shook it. I'm like, oh, that's just paying homage to Patrick Stewart being English. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I get the accent. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, well, I was going to say that one thing that bothered me about this one, too, if you're pointing out stuff, it's like, obviously, like, why didn't they see this? It's like the, the scene where Jack does get the little gas mask ripped off him by the changeling, and, like, he gets hit to the ground, the changeling runs away. He's, like, on his hands and knees, and, like, there's a whole row of masks, like, waist height right there beside him. I'm like, dude, grab one of those. Don't just roll over and die. But no, man, it's not he, dramatic he, to do it that way. He did a, he did a Padme Amidala, and he gave up the will to live. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. But yeah, this this is uh this is gonna be interesting to see where they go from here because now they're powerless, getting sucked into the uh, gravity well, of the nebula. Mm-hmm. Ah, I said that right, didn't I? You Hell did. Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm getting I'm getting my my little communicator. I want to sci-fi game on. Is what right. you're getting. Um. Yeah. So this is when I get to the end of the show. I'm like, how are they going to get out of this? And I legitimately have no idea how this is going how they're going to get out of the situation i just know i've seen scenes that i, I like in previews that i haven't seen yet so and it's only sure. episode three so it's not over yet we're gonna see what happens you don't kill picard that early but i don't know we'll nobody see. puts picard in corner that's right um but we'll see um i want to know what the great link is for these changelings i want to know what the what they're Fountain of Youth is, or whatever the hell it is they're referring to. Because when Worf said that, it's like, how long has it been since you hit the Great Link? Because, you know, when they were doing the investigate or the interrogation, mm-hmm. she thought that, you know, he was having like a, like a Nick fit, like a, on extreme. And what he was really having was like, I'm going to die any minute because I haven't been back where I should have been. Right. So, or he needs a recharge, whatever it is to keep yeah. his form type deal. Yeah. Before he turned into, uh, I guess, what's her name uh, off of Doom Patrol. Uh, Rita, is it Rita? No. Why did I say Rita? Which one? The blob. Which one are you talking about? Doom Patrol. Yeah, Rita's the, Rita's Rita. Rita. Okay, yeah. You know that's what she kind of kind of turned into a blob, look like uh, that. That's what I was sure. saying. Were you um, little? <laughs> yeah, type deal. 
Uh, but yeah, it's episode three. It's going to be interesting to see what happens from here. Sun's not dead. And the cat's out of the bag. Everybody knows it now. And uh, they're floating into nothingness with no power. I just want to see... I don't want to see any more number one versus number one standoff like it's a Chinese restaurant trivia game. Like, I need them to get their shit together, Picard and Riker. This needs to happen. They need to be on the same side again because the universe feels broken and fractured when they're not. So They will be. That was an emotional moment. I mean, he's not wrong. You basically, From what they can tell, they're going to get saved, but from what they can tell is you just killed all of us. And he really didn't. Like, you were probably going to die anyway. Especially, like, probably worse if he didn't fight back somehow or another. Picard had no way of knowing this new technology was going to be able to do that. So, yeah, I can't get too mad at him, you know. And Riker also directed the episode. So, you know, he, he's probably playing up some. Uh, I never got to do this on Star Trek ever. So, I'm going to do it right now type right, good call. thing. Might as well. All right, cool. Well, we will get back to Picard next week. Um, you want to move on? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's talk about The Last of Us. Move on to HBO Max. So we get left off the last episode. Joel falls off the horse. He's been stabbed. They're out there alone. We kind of pick up right there in this episode, and Ellie's dragged him into a shelter. She's trying to plug him, but it looks like he's just going to die. There's no, no, no getting away from this. Um, he tells her to leave to go get Tommy, mm-hmm. which I guess she is going to go do. But as she's walking out, we get the flashback and that's what 89 and a half percent of this episode is, which is cool. I'm cool with the flashback. So, yeah, uh, it told us a lot. Like it was a flashback that kind of did, did heavy lifting without making it feel like real heavy lifting. Um, yeah. the, Oh my God, I'm going to blank on her name. Riley. Riley. Mm. Played by Stormy. Riley is um, a friend of hers that disappeared and apparently fought all of her battles. So, you know, the beginning of the flashback was her, when I say her, Ellie with her headphones on, getting knocked off because she was just in her own world when they're all doing their little gym circuits, which talk about a small lap, like gets boring fast. Of course, she wants some music for that. Um, was she listening? She was listening to Pro Jam. Good callback. Wasn't there an Abba CD or Abba tape in there too? Yeah, yeah. There's a few different things that she had in there. Um, she ends up getting a fight, giving the girl however many stitches she kept on saying. Fifteen stitches. Fifteen Bam. stitches. Fifteen stitches. Hell yeah. Um. All she got was the black eye, but you know it was enough to to be like a little thing that she wore the whole episode. Uh, she goes to the principal, which I'm only going to bring the principal up because the principal is actually an actor named Pax from The Expanse. So, boop, the more you know. Ah, okay, from The Expanse. I, I thought, for a second I had to think of what you said. I, th- I was like, what kind of a name is From The Expanse? I was like, that's weird. From The Expanse. I was from like, Pat, from The Expanse. I was like, what is he Pax, from? yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I got you. <laughs> um, uh-huh. He's a good character that showed up in one of the, uh, I think it was season four. Um, but good storyline. Uh, you definitely, I liked his little speech that he was giving her. I was like, I'm just going to talk to you like an adult. Like, here's the deal. Like you can shovel shit or you can figure out what to do. That's above the shit. Like mm-hmm. you got two options. Like it's, I'm making it real easy for you. You're super smart. You don't even have to work towards like the hard option. 
you just have to work towards not fucking up the hard option. Right. So that was a real good, like, uh, come to Jesus quick meeting. And, you know, then she goes to a room, which apparently with no adults, you know, they're all boarded children. And you see the empty bed of the friend of hers that disappeared, which showed back up immediately after. Yeah. And in a very dumb way too, sneaking in the window and then putting your hand over her mouth. Yeah. That's a quick way to get killed in this world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Riley shows up and you know, Ellie's all pissed off. Like, where you been? She's like, well, you know, join the fireflies and just, 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 we come to find out later on the episode that the whole reason why she left was because she found out that she was going to be shoveling shit and didn't want to. And I completely stand by like, you know, you don't get to tell me what I do for my whole entire life. And, it's tough to think about that in like a zombie-esque style post-apocalyptic world. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we can't all be grifters. We can't all be, you know, the people that run run these areas. So I think she was just doing what any one of us would have done. And that's just rebel against being told what to do. Yeah. The moment that she found out that she was going to leave, I think she started to kind of plan this whole little one-off thing with Ellie beforehand. And so she's been hiding out in the mall this whole entire time. Well, she was stationed there, right? Yeah. Stationed or like, that's where I'm going to hide out because, you know, the rumor is, is that no one's supposed to be there type thing. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It goes both ways. Um, the mall scene does, it looked really cool. Yeah, it did. You know, it, 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 to me, it felt like it took you right back. And I think the mall was in Canada actually. And from what I've heard is that it was a one-story mall, so they did a bunch of work to make it look like a two-story mall. Ah, okay. Really cool also. I, I thought it was cool in that mall scene where they're looking through all the stuff. She's like, I, I just don't understand what all these people want. They go to the laundry store, and they're like, that looks very uncomfortable type deal. Like, I understand the premise of it, but it looks very uncomfortable. And I love that. And they go, so they took everything. They raided as soon as they hit, and everybody <laughs> took sneakers. But yep. nobody took soap. Soap, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah. I was like, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Mm-hmm. So. It makes sense because that's what we would do. You're right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that didn't start, but that definitely aided in the... Uh, there was no sexual angst. It was all like romantic angst between like first loves, I think is really what... There was definitely tension between the whole yeah. thing. Between, between the, those two, the whole time, you could tell there was some kind of sexual... Well, I, I don't even say romantic. It's a better romantic, way. Romantic, yeah. Romantic tension between the two. Yeah. It's hard to, to find people that you care about in the in the world period, but then turn around and find people that you care about in a, in a world of <laughs> mushroom zombies. Like, Well, especially right when you feel like you've lost. Yes. And suddenly I've gotten back. It, it makes it all that much different. So. She, she's fascinated by an escalator. Like overly fascinated. Like a toddler sees an escalator for the first time. Like I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure that the first time I ever saw one, it was fascinating to me also. Oh, yeah. I was going like to say, I think pretty much the first time anybody sees one, it's good. You know, the best thing about an escalator is if it breaks, you still got stairs. Yep. You know, I mean, it's one thing, thing that breaks that still is operational. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I do find it interesting that they're they find this bottle of whiskey. So, okay, from what oh, I understand, yeah. they get this bottle of whiskey from this guy that, that she's taken her to the mall. And when they first enter the mall, they see a guy who's there who's dead. And he uh, before been, they made it to the mall, they they were going upstairs to get to start rooftop jumping. That wasn't even in the mall. Well, yeah, but he fell into the mall. That was how he yes. right uh, like, no. He fell through. No, no? he fell. Through he just made his way into the mall. I guess eventually. Okay, he wasn't in the mall. 
they were on their way. They left where they left the, the, the boarding house. They went to the next building they were going to go to. They went up seven flights. And when they made up the seven flights, they ran to the dude. They went from there to get the, to, took his booze. He fell through and they went to the roof and started roof hopping right. all the way That's to the right. mall. To the mall. Okay. Well, anyway, so when they find this guy, from what I'm assuming, this is a guy who's gotten bit. He knows he's gotten bit. And he decides he's just going to take some pills and drink and kill himself. Is that how I'm supposed to take that? Well, I don't think he was bit. I think he just died. I think he just offed himself. Then why would he be, why would he be infected? He wasn't infected. The guy in the mall was infected. They didn't get the boost. That wasn't the the same guy. Oh, I thought that was the same guy. No, different places. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess that doesn't make sense. Different places. I, I thought it was the same guy. I thought he was bit. He knew he was bit. So he went ahead and killed himself. He falls through the root, falls through the bottom floor. All those mushroom vines connect to him. He wakes up and made his way to the mall. But I guess that makes more sense that that guy was just in the mall. But it, I don't know. I mean, if he was just in because the mall, the why would he he's like, let me get a slice. Hold the mushroom. <laughs> right. Which they never show the food court. No, yeah, I guess they did. No, no. They went to the taco place. Yeah, they should. Well, the yeah, place. they did walk through it. You're right. Yeah, Actually, you know through. what that looked like? It reminded me of Ocalo. Yeah. Now, now that we're talking about, it, yeah, they did have it. And it did yeah, look like a little that. bit. Yeah. Okay. But uh interesting scene, you know, fascinated with the carousel. If you're gonna go in an arcade and have a limited quarters, Mortal Kombat 2, the arcade game's a great one to pick to play. So I can't fault them there. I love that I set up for that. She's playing. So she doesn't know how to use a joystick. I'm like right. anyone that has ever touched any sort of arcade game can figure out in the first 15 seconds how the joystick works. Like, well, eventually she did. She was using Baraka and using the fencing just- with Baraka, so eventually she got it. But yeah, really, really good scene uh, with those two. And then uh, I guess the the fifth wonder is the I, what I get would call a Halloween shop, yeah, like a Spencer's, but uh, Halloween Express is yeah, that what they're called Express. here? They, they pop, pop up everywhere. Are. Yeah, they yeah. pop up everywhere in their Halloween. But uh, and they're doing the dancing and they're doing the thing, and that's when they uh, that's when you actually see the the well, no, 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 they have the big fight before that, right? No, they had the fight. Before they yes. made it to the, yes, they did the fifth before one. the Halloween okay. place. Yes. Before the Halloween place, she comes back to the Halloween place, yeah. and uh, because I guess the big fight was about that she's telling her she's leaving. There, where she's saying she'd be in stage. The two pipe somewhere. bombs. The pipe bombs. The is pipe bombs really is a big fight. That's right. That's right. She told her she was leaving after that. Um, where she being stationed? Somewhere in South Carolina, was it? I don't remember specifically right now. Actually, I thought she said somewhere in South Carolina, but I wasn't sure. Um, but yeah. So I can understand her being upset. Ellie accepts it. Obviously, they start dancing, doing their thing. Little wolf costume, little ice insane clown posse costume. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, And they've woken the beast. Which, once again, I still find it hard to believe that guy was down there the whole time she was there. That Riley was there, and Riley never made enough noise to notice it or wake it up. But I don't know. I find I find that understandable because I think that you know it's human nature to be raised in a scenario like that where you would be quiet all the time. So being quiet is like one of the big things. But she's obviously been had the power on and been doing all kinds of stuff in there before. Power, yes, but who knows how much noise? You know, that's true. Yeah, I guess the the lighting in this doesn't make any sense. Just the sound. So, but it is cool. They both get bit. They get attacked by this thing. They both get bit. It was cool. Ellie stabbed it in the head to kill it. Now. I'm wondering if we get any more of this flashback because she does mention to Joel that it's not the first time she's killed somebody. That's and while she, while she did kill that zombie or that whatever it was, clicker, 
they both know that they're well at this point they both think they're going to die so i wonder if we get a flashback where she actually has to kill riley well she will definitely outlive riley so right. you're right and that's been uh most people's take on this whole thing is that how do you find out you're immune other than the hard way and the hard way here is watching someone that you in this case love basically turn and you don't you were both in a position where you thought you know both of you were going to and that you could live life like that mm-hmm. it's kind of like the whole um uh, whatever the offerman episode is where the two of them are kind of at a point to where like well i don't want to live if i can't live with you well right. it's like if they were both gonna die you know then you know like Let's spend these last whatever hours together, so on and so forth. Yeah, so um, let's, let's do it the poetic way. <laughs> yeah, go out the poetic way. Yeah, so the way mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get that. I think that it, it it shows that. I think it shows a couple of things. Like you said, it shows that she has a part of her that is driving her to want to be the cure. Mm-hmm. That gives her purpose and as tough as it is living in a life that she has to live in already having been bitten having finding out that she is immune the hard way what this does in the long run and what it does is it gives her purpose that's important because she wants people to care about you're in a world that you grow up there's not really a whole lot of people that you have true human connections with she found one with riley Clearly that has put her on a path that led her to Joel and she is finding a, a way to keep a true human connection open with Joel. So, well, it, it brings her eyes open to, or maybe give her the mindset of Riley died for this to be possible type thing. Like this wouldn't be possible without her, whether she meant for it meant to be or not. You know, if she never came and got me that night, it would never have like this would have never, nobody would ever known this. I would have never known. Nobody would ever know it type deal. And so, yeah, you're right. It gives her that purpose. How she, she ended up in the position of uh, the fireflies. Well, yeah, which we still haven't seen yet, which is going to be cool. Cause I, like I said, we're going to get a flashback cause I think we're going to see the end of Riley. And I think we're going to see where I can't remember the firefly leader name that finds her, that gives her a Joel, but that's the connection between her and Riley. Um, I, I'm pretty sure she's going to, that's going to be like the three weeks before. So I'm assuming this moment we just saw is three to four weeks before she actually meets Joel. Cause when she met yeah. Joel, it wasn't like she'd been there three weeks they were asking the same question for three weeks type thing. Yeah. So I think this is like getting up to that point where she, so we're not f- really far in a flashback. We're only a few weeks prior to where they actually are in real life. So this is all relatively new for her. It's kind of hard to figure that out with a timeline where it's jumped back and forth with, with, with mm-hmm. uh, the, the Frank and um, Bill story Bill. And, and this one going back. Yeah. Like it's uh, but it, flash forward to present time. She decides not to walk out the door not to leave Joel. And I guess she has this moment of, of, of we don't exactly know what's going to happen to Riley yet, but you know, at some point in time, she's going to have to leave her or kill her or I guess the same. It's kind of the same both ways. Um, so she goes and frantically tries to find something to, to help Joel out and happens to find needle and thread, which, Hey, there you go. It's going to suck, but we're going to do this. Uh, if only she still had that same bottle of booze. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you, because that's got to be painful. Oh yeah, we did see the origin of that book too, the pun book. Mm-hmm. That was what you got from Riley. That's a nice little touch there too. Oh, I love that moment. They were like, "What are screenshots?" Yeah, 
<laughs> I'm like, man, I want to go back to that world. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But they're doing a really good job of the show. Uh, I saw a meme earlier. It was funny. It was a uh, new TV craze is a movie where Pedro Pascal collect, uh, wanders the earth collecting uh, orphans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it had, it had Grogu sitting on his lap and I had Ellie behind him on a horse. And I was like, yep, that's funny. <laughs> I like the, uh, the other picture that's been like a, my emotional baggage or my like hangups or whatever it is. And then, you know, it's in like a massive ball. And then at the very bottom, you've got the human that stands there and it's like Pedro Pascal carrying all, you know, carrying the load of like all of my emotional baggage. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. He's doing a good job in this one. Uh, didn't have a big, I don't think he had a single word in this episode. No, he did. He told her to go to Tommy beyond that. I don't think he had any other words. He was kind of just laying there bleeding out the whole time. Which he didn't. So good job on Joel. Yeah. Uh, you knew it was going to live. Yeah. I was like, there's no way they kill his character right now. Unless in the game, all of a sudden the character switches to Tommy or some new character that we haven't seen. I was like, oh, but he's definitely going to live. So it's the only thing about knowing stuff like this is, you know, and I guess it's where movies or shows like Game of Thrones and stuff are a little more because there's a little less stakes. Like, I don't really know if this person is going to live. This person, may, I may think this person is really, really important in the story. But they may die the next episode. Whereas with in this, Game of Thrones, you just assume everyone's going to die. Like that's <laughs> right. just that's just the thing. Man. After the red wedding, you do. Yeah, I'll tell you that. After the red wedding, no, you not even after the red wedding. After after, after I watched uh, yeah. Ned Stark die, like I'm yeah, like everyone true. dies. Like no attachments. But yeah. That's true because I was thinking that when I first watched, it, I was like, "There's no way they're killing this guy. He's too big of an actor. There's no way they're killing this guy." And yep, sure enough, it is. Spoilers for season one of. Uh, Don't Game lose your head. Which speaking of bad head jokes. I guess that leads us into our final show, unless you have anything else. No, I'm good, man. All right. We got this. You go ahead and walk us into it. All right. Be right back. So we're in Mando season three now. And uh, I've heard a lot of people talk when they first watched when this came out that they're watching as soon as it drops and that. And that would have been fun, but I had to watch it the next day. I was kind of surprised it was only 37 minutes long for a, a season three premiere. I felt like it was pretty short. But given it being so short, I know a lot of people watch it multiple times. I was impressed with it. I liked it as Mandalorian and it was a good show, but I will admit that I had a better time watching Picard and last of us this week. And, uh, maybe it was because of the order I watched it in because I'd watched it right. After those two pretty thrilling episodes of Picard and, and, uh, last of us, but I just didn't quite get what I thought I was going to get out of the premiere of Mando. I saw some really cool stuff. You know, I saw that badass alligator role, which we're going to talk about this in a little, in a little while. But it was like, well, I mean, I don't know. It's it's the first the first episode. I I just I was just hoping the first episode was going to lay a little more story out for where we're going. And I guess it did. If the whole season is going to be about Mandalorian redeeming himself, but if that's the case, then it's like eh, I don't I don't know if that's that's exactly what I want. Like White Chocolate Espresso says too short. I kind of agree. I think for a season premiere, especially for a show this big, it was just a little short. Last week when I came on and said that, you know, there was news, but not a whole lot I wanted to talk about. Uh, This was definitely something that I heard early on that was going to be the shortest thing that has come on Disney Plus. So I knew that going into it. There's some things about this show that uh, I have like unpopular opinions about. I think Mandalorian is fantastic. I think that the Mandalorian television universe has been something that has been awesome as far as the revival of star Wars has gone, mm-hmm. we, you can't include all the shows into that. I know, but the 
Disney plus Star Wars universe has been very, very good. I think Mandalorian has a wandering problem. And that, that was later proved by them coming out and saying that um, there is no end to the Mandalorian story. They don't right. have an end game, an end goal, or a, a, a final conclusion in their mind. You know, I think it was Filoni that was interviewed that said that. So their take on this is essentially they're just telling a story. And why I say that I think that it's wandering is because everyone that I know and hear says the same thing that I feel when I watch this show. And that is, bro, you belong to a cult. It's time to get out. Everyone can see that. Why can't you? And mm-hmm. all he keeps trying to do is justify his bad actions to get back inside the cult. Mm-hmm. It's There's like, a dude, reason. <laughs> yeah, dude, you can keep the armor. I, I guarantee yeah. nobody's going to come after you. Like they didn't even yeah. know. They didn't even know you, you had taken your helmet off. You could have just never said anything. and yep. been just fine. No, no, I, I agree. Um, it, I'm not gonna lie. The the scene where he goes back and you see the one who's making making the helmet and uh, presenting on the little boy. I thought that was a flashback. I thought that was like a Everyone flashback did, to yeah. Mando when he was young. I was like, oh shit, a flashback. And then all of a sudden, Mando flies in and his little in uh, one starfighter and bam, bam. I was like, okay, cool. Nubian. Um, I, I I think that there is something really cool about the Mandalorian show. And that is all the nostalgia that's in it. All the scenes that are in it that are action, everything works really well. But to that scene that you're talking about, which is essentially where we pick up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you have the armor making the helmet. We find out that it's not for um, Din Djarin. It's for, you know, basically a new foundling that they're bringing in. And uh, first off, I was taken away because I'm like, this is supposed to be like the strongest metal, and they're plasma cutting it and welding it. Like she's doing all this, all this stuff to it. I'm like, I would think that it would take some sort of art, to like some, like sci-fi that up, you know? They had special fire there. You didn't see that? The special torch. Whatever. Thing. I know that yeah. things existed Extra all hot. the time. Um, <laughs> I was wondering that too. So the little boy Ragnar gets his helmet, which I feel like I'd want to choose the colors, not someone else. Yeah. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. Everyone wants to customize their own ride, right? Yeah, if you're going to give me a Beskar helmet, like, I'm cool. I'll take it. But, like, if, give me a choice in the colors. <laughs> Matte blue? Because I'm a boy? Like, yeah. is that is that where this came from? <laughs> and, like, puke yellow? Like, that was like a jade yellow. Yeah. Matte blue was like, oh, okay. I don't know. Well, uh, anyway, th- this gator comes out of the water. Yeah. This is what's so funny. And I, it's, it's so funny because I'm sitting here watching this the whole time. I'm like, that's a big-ass alligator. I'm like, as soon as it rolls, they're done. As soon as it rolls, they're done. And I was like, maybe it's not going to roll. And then, of course, for some reason, all of them attach their little cables to it like they're oh, going to hold God, it. I know. Which I was like, what are they doing? There's no way you're going to hold that thing, even if all of y'all are attached to it. And then it does a little alligator roll. And I was like, yep, there you go. Told you. There you go. The Mandalorian is supposed to be badass. And the Mandalorian is badass. Like, if you like, he's not the best fighter. Like, you know, he gets his ass hand to him plenty of times in the show, right? But I think that he just shown, he has shown that he can take any of them and do it like super, super easy. So White Chocolate Espresso asked, was it Beskar? I thought it was hard to find. I think it is, but isn't that kind of uh, like, isn't that what the Mandalorians do? They bring extra Beskar everywhere they find it in to donate to other suits for other Mandalorians. 
They do, but not, everything, not all the suits are best car yet. No, I understand okay. his questioning and to his point. Um, I would think that if you had best car, that it would go straight to your head <laughs> for the helmet. So if you're going to have it, like they would, they would save it, especially for helmets. And like, it's up to you to figure out the rest of your armor um, to figure out how to protect yourself. Because yes, in the season one of Mandalorian, you know, we're shown that he only had a Mandalorian that's true. Or a, a best car helmet. And I think he may have had one other piece. That's but right. The rest he, of he his got the armor plated, right? And like the end of the season one or something like well, that. Well, he definitely got he definitely got armor made. It wasn't yeah. the electronic backed whatever he was trying to repair when he first ran into Quill. Um but yes. I think that the helmet was definitely best car the way that she was trying to forge it. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, dude, this alligator in a half shell is weird i think the mandalorian showed disarray trying to fight this thing which look i get it the element of surprise it didn't seem like the armor was extremely surprised but you know here she is once again like with her armor or tools like she's going to make a bit of damn difference trying to fight this alligator and all the rest of them were hooking on to it like you said mm-hmm. he because shows up mandalorian shows up in this thing in one and just boom boom, boom, boom. blast it twice right so gets out and it's like you're gonna you're gonna expel me from your order you know like, like is this uh, your gang <laughs> god um, ain't got shit on me yeah i no. mean he's a badass mando is <laughs> what was i thinking oh when his cockpit opened i'm like get in loser we're going to mandalore <laughs> um what's the other big part of the show oh um navarro talk about Another planet, Navarro. Yep. Yep. City. Yeah. So. Oh this, this... no! Before you get to that point, they're in hyperspace. Oh yes, I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah, the uh, uh per- pergolas, pergles, pergles. Yeah, that's what they're called. That now that is the whales that took away Thrawn and uh, and what's Ezra? Correct. Hmm. You guys I saw see that the first version like, of live action. Hmm. Cool deal. So you saw them a couple times in Rebels, and you know, first you were introduced to them, and then you know they ended up being the ultimate thing that that uh, uh, Ezra used to t- to pull them away to get him uh, away from the rest of the uh, Ghost crew. Yeah. And so to actually see Purgles in the fighter, because you got to think about it. Now my mind kind of went to this: there's been tons of hyperspace scenes. Mm-hmm. And yes, you could probably see it out of the Falcon window, but most of the Empire ships have display windows. Mm-hmm. But I always feel like the Republic ships or the Rebellion ships of that era didn't really have a whole lot of like window scenes mm-hmm. to where you would see these things. And so we never really saw it. It was more common in the Disney era to see the hyperspace scenes than it really was in like the old stuff. But you're in like a fighter class ship and you're going into hyperdrive and you've got nothing but windows and you you have little Grogu who's just seeing this stuff. And to me, I'm like, can he see it because of the force? Can he see it because, you know, like Mando's asleep and he's not paying attention? Like like what? There's so many variables here that I'm trying to figure out what makes sense to me. But just seeing them, I'm like first live action time. Like, you know, the story's coming. You know it's coming. It'd have been cooler if you'd have seen him pushing a silhouette of a ship. 
You know, I was like, oh, oh that's it. Duh, that would yeah. have been really cool to see. Like, oh, little... right there. There they are. I found Ezra. <laughs> like, uh, be cool. That's that's going full Filoni. You can't go full Filoni. Yeah. Like, they're going to. I think yeah. they're going to eventually in this show. But, but yeah, so they're taking the hyperspace land. They're going there. Uh, oh, sorry. They're going to Navarro. And um, what is uh, the character's name? Give me there. I can't. Grief Karga. Yes. So remind me again, where is where is Navarro in this story? Is that from season one? Navarro is the main planet from season one, basically where he is meeting with grief. And you know, at that point, grief is the uh, person dealing out the bounties. He's the um, okay. uh, the guild representative. So he is the one because you know the guild is a union and in that union, you have the people that basically work for the guild to get a percentage off the top of all the bounties. But they're also the ones that get told and disperse the bounties. So he's the POC for the guild on Navarro. And that's how him and the Mandalorian have the relationship because the Mandalorian ends up being like his best hunter, you know, his best, right. biggest gainer, Talk you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I do love how they had the one little liner where they write out Cardoon. <laughs> yeah yeah like just uh oh she went off and did this and now she's not here anymore so bam. at least they played it up and not down i, I do appreciate that you know True. not like, like she got she, she went special forces like you ain't gonna find her no more <laughs> yeah uh and of course he asked mando to kind of take that position and i, I guess he kind of would if he didn't feel like he had this need to redeem himself on mandalore yeah. he Once probably again. would do that because they do have that awesome pirate scene which i loved like it was pretty cool the whole time mando's just kind of sitting back like what do these guys think they're gonna do? Yeah, I would love to be standing there in that suit of armor with those guys like that. Like, what do these guys think they're gonna do exactly? And I love you know he did the Boba Fett thing where he's just like leaning up against the tree. He's like, "All right, let's see how this unfolds." Because once again, you know, I appreciate they showed that you know uh, Grief Karga hasn't really lost his edge, right. no matter if himself. he has, yeah. uh, you know train droid carrying things rolling behind him holding this cape which how do you one up lando you get a full-size cape and then you make droids carry it that's not how that works you I can't one up lando silly. yeah i was like yeah. nah, i don't like that even when i first saw it and was walking in the background i was like nah, i don't like that at all um but this this does bring us back to all ig11 right? yeah but hold on space pirates why do they still have swords <laughs> they had uh, swords bro and and why did the main I'm assuming they're had to look like a seaweed monster from from Oh, uh, I was going to get to that in the end. <laughs> no. From, uh, Pirates, of the, Pirates of the Caribbean. It was definitely <laughs> Space Pirates of the Caribbean. I yeah. wrote that down. I'm like Spice Space Pirates of the Caribbean swamp yep. thing. I'm like that, what are we doing? That was the first thing I thought. This? And I was like, oh, well, Disney, Disney. I guess it makes sense. So I was like, I can do pirates really well. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure they were like, we have the exoskeleton on file. All you got to do is reskin it for whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yeah, so I think it's it's funny that the they've made a statue to IG Eleven. I guess based on the end of episode end of season one with IG Eleven, um, and I, I find it kind of, of funny IG that 11. huh out of IG Eleven. It's out not a statue. Yeah, it is IG Eleven, which is funny because he exploded and they've gathered all the parts and created a statue out of him. Yeah. And it's like nobody's thought to put him back together. Like ever thought to put him back together. That doesn't make much sense to me, but they do. Uh, he has his old programming and tries to kill everyone immediately right away, which is what I would expect a you know assault droid to do. 
Um, so now Mando has a mission. He has to go find this. What is it? It's a uh, some kind of chip to go in his head to program him. Because the chip Don't skip fried. over that scene. Hold on. Don't skip over that scene because mm-hmm. here you have the Anzalans. Uh, Anzalans, uh-huh. I think is what they're called. The Babu Frick species. Mm-hmm. Okay. First off, puppets. Love it. Mm-hmm. Here for it. Want to be all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, love the way they talk. Love the way they don't give a fuck about anything. And they're just sitting there telling it as it is. And then I love that you got Grief Karga trying to end Zaylin explain every single thing that they're fucking saying as if Mando hasn't figured it out. Right. You know? So here he is just sitting there kneeling down as you got Mando basically sitting in Yoda's hut almost like Luke was, crouched down in this small little spot. And they're like, no, no work, no work. You know, they remind me of the woman from Family Guy. Like, I need Lemon Pledge. You know, like that. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. what they're trying to say the whole entire time. A combination of that and the the things from Men in Black that get you the coffee. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the worms. Yeah. Um, I think they're such a great little stupid addition to to all of this. I I agree. I like them. However, Mando's got a couple moments in this episode where I'm like, they're trying to be too silly. Like, I get they're trying to play the off the cute Grogu. And they've done it a few times in this series, but it's like, stop trying to be so silly. Like Grogu picking them up, and it's like, okay, come on, man. Like, like let, let's, let's let's for the real. two seconds that it existed, I was I was okay with yeah. it. It was the head joke with the statue in IG Eleven that really took me out of it, to where he's like, that's using your head. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like that's the one that did it for me. I'm like, mm, which no, is funny because like, how would a statue falling on him destroy it? No, like, the how, how protocol would... protocol droid pushed it. Right, but I wouldn't think the statue would have enough weight to destroy the metal head of a of a I think it goes back to the cape robots. Like it like it, it shows you the uh the audacity of Grief Cargo at this point and how he has changed. It's yeah. like, no, we're gonna make that out of solid Oh, I, I get know, you. The statue, that makes sense. Uh but yeah, I mean so okay, so this gives him a reason to go to Mandalore. I guess because he can find well, no, he's going to go look for this. He's not necessarily going to Mandalore. He's going because that scenes come beforehand, which we skipped completely over Bogotan. Well, he at the very beginning, the scene that we skipped was the piece that he got from uh Jawas from the surface of Mandalore. And it came from something that Jawas traded with a traveler with. Um that little what would you call it? Uh, the words escaped me, but it was a scripture that was written on something that was essentially molded into a crystal, right? Yeah. And so he's sitting there talking to the armor about it, and he's like, you know, the the caves could exist, mm-hmm. caverns, whatever he's trying to go to to actually find the uh, fountain of cult youth. Um. So when he figures out that's where he needs to go, he's figured out how to to navigate the surface not how to get there um with it being poisoned or anything else that's where he's like i want ig11 because that droid was trustworthy ig11 mm-hmm. clearly becomes a problem so now this thing is that he has to get ig11 up running again why he goes to um oh hold on what was the name of the planet it was mm-hmm. Kel, Kel something, because it had Kel in the name of it. And I'm like, Kelvala? It might have been Kelvala. I'm like, why would you name a planet Kale? Like, that's so bland. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where 
you have bogus on hanging out sitting all freaking leisurely like like this is my castle mm-hmm. <laughs> what you want pitch? what you want yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you here for um and so she basically just unleashes on him like literally like good luck fucker like you want to go do this and, and stay in your cult like that's what you're all about she's like you still got the dark saber you still got the dark saber i want some of that dark saber um yeah which why is he like, kind of thing with him i mean he's probably got it on him somewhere who knows so <laughs> he like covered his hip no i don't, I don't, yeah. have, <laughs> I don't have it but it's so heavy so are we to understand that bo-katan lost everybody following her because she didn't have that saber correct okay she lost her backing that's, that's kind of what kind of what i picked up on that which means that he was letting let him know Dude. that they'll follow you again or they'll follow you if you have that saber so they're basically they're like you said they're a cult well <laughs> you, you find a new batch of kool-aid and they'll, they'll drink it so. well the, the the cult isn't the the dark saber she, the dark saber was the story from long ago, you know, written in all of the, the clone right, lore that's going to make the cult follow them. Not, you know, he, yes, yeah. but not just the cult, like all the true believers. Um, there's my, the cult had a lot, the cult had a lot more things they believed than like the, the true Mandalorian believers. And I think right. that's, you gotta have a separation there in order more to understand religious. that. Yeah. Not yeah. taking the helmet off, which I wonder how you Death eat. Watch versus Mandalorians are two different crowds. Good point. Death Watch point. is the cult. Yeah. Uh, the Mandalorians believe that, you know, the Darksaber Beholder is the person that will lead them to wherever. Well, whoever that's just rule Mandalore, right? Whoever holds the Darksaber rules Mandalore. So, um, yeah, well, I was I was wondering how they eat. I was wondering how they take a piss. Um, and I take it that they never shower, although they did write in a perfect way to put Pedro Pascal's face on screen because you know Disney wants to do this. You know they want his face on screen at some point in time. He's got to bathe in in the springs. He's going to have to at some point in time take the face mask off and and get in the water. So they wrote it a, a very good conundrum. Like, do I take my mask off if I get in this thing? Like, am I truly like redeemed if I go in there with my with my mask on? With how big he is right now, there's no way you don't see his face at some point in time. You gotta get that money maker on Front Street. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So, I feel like that's the scene they wrote in there. Like, okay, this is it. This is where we can justify him taking the helmet off, and everybody be cool with it. God, I want that. (laughs) I just want him to look at Grogu like, hey, you know, like. You want, you want to go take a sheave? You're like you want to go hang out? Like, yeah. like let's go to the springs. Yeah, it'll be it'll man. be interesting to see, man. Um, Did you know? And I I didn't know this until I was I was reading an article, and apparently it seems to be pretty legit that the time that Luke takes Grogu away until the time that land not land wow Mandalorian takes him back. Mm-hmm. Is supposed to be like two years. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, like it. It took me off guard. Like I was like two years. Mm, like, yeah, I didn't know that. That's, that's crazy. Weird. Who trains as a Jedi for two years and decides they don't want? I mean, that's like the the best refund policy you can get out of anything. That's true. That's true. But yeah, I had no idea it was that long, but I guess it kind of makes sense. 
but then like i said like riding the car doing out of there like okay this doesn't seem like something that would have happened in six months maybe two years from now this might happen but yeah okay i mean Grogu was like force jumping and doing a bunch of weird shit and he does like i mean he's just sitting there using the force like spinning around in his chair and grabbing m&ms and shit so <laughs> little bastard it's like a little toddler little puppy um i wonder if we're ever gonna hear him talk in the series or speak i guess i should say i told you when we watched tales of the jedi that when they had yaddle speak and yaddle did not talk like yoda that it opened up a door for grogu to just sound like anything yeah he does not have to sound like yoda whatsoever with this whole reverse speech shit i agree so it works out very well and i would think that he would take after even though he's 50 years old already he would take after the people that he hears from and Yoda's probably the only one that he's ever heard that talks like that. So chances are he sounds normal. Yeah, that makes sense. And that was a good move. Like you said, bringing that in there. Cause if you, if you didn't have that, not, I guess not everybody saw tales of the Jedi, but if you didn't have that, then there would be a ton of people going nuts. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> the first time he spoke and it wasn't backwards or in a raspy voice. So. <laughs> no riddle. Yeah. What the fuck? You got to speak in riddles or else. Well, man, that's about it for this episode. I guess the only thing we didn't really talk about was the uh, the getaway from the uh, the pirates, which was pretty badass. You know, there's three great space fight. Yeah, even that looks like uh, Bando is kind of like astro jumping <laughs> in this in this yeah. one, but he's doing a really really good job of showing why he's a superior fighter. It, well, it, not only that, man, but like, don't get me wrong, I don't think that the N one should sound like that, but I'm not angry that it does. I'm not angry that it sounds like a hot rod, you know. It's like, a little more beefed up. It looks like it's got some aftermarket parts on it. So not only that, but I mean, like I've it, the amount of effort that went into the Phantom Menace for the pod race scene was crazy, right? Like it's um we're going to be big in the new scene. Yeah, I, I probably not. I don't think so. Kev asked if Greg was going to be big in the movies going forward. I don't think so either. Um no way of knowing, but I just don't, I don't know if they're going to be moving forward with this storyline in the next movies. Are they like, they're going to a different. Oh no, no, no. I think the movies are going to be telling their own stories. I yeah. think that that's why I call it the Mandalorian television universe. I think that it's kind of anchored in its own realm. Like it's, yeah. it is where it is and it's probably going to stay where it is. It's not um, like Marvel where the movie, the shows are kind of setting up the movies right now. It, it will be Canon. Right. But, but it won't it, be something like you have to watch Mandalorian to understand yeah. what, where you're at in this movie. So, and yeah, I don't think I don't think based on that you you may get a Mandalorian appearance in a movie because he's so popular. Good. But I don't know if well, honestly, I guess if I you're think gonna they're going to get Mandalorian You're going to get Grogu. So yeah, maybe so. Well, Grogu could survive for potentially a millennia, so yeah. it is quite possible. Yeah, looks like free for all to send Cody's here. What's up, Cody? And we're just wrapping things up, dude. We just got finished talking about um, Mandalorian. So, so they're talking about bringing Ray back. Uh, Those man, rumors I, have been flying like crazy ever since she's been at Lucasfilm Studios. And I get it. And Ray didn't take me out of the movies. It was no, just no, the, what, what, I, what they did with Ray. And, and look, I am not an apologist for the sequel trilogy. I just feel like there are things that I can take out of it without hating on it. I agree. So, All the movies weren't terrible. I just don't like 
the direction they necessarily went and a lot of the steps they took in the direction they went and where they ended up. I didn't think The Force Awakens was fantastic, but it played to every nostalgia bone in my body. Yeah. So I thought it was the best of the, of the new movies. Yeah. Like by far uh, the best of the new movies. I loved a bunch of it, man. There's a whole bunch of things in there that were totally great. I love what they do with Rogue One. I love what they did with... I liked Solo. I didn't like parts of Solo because, you know, they were stupid on some of the things that they were saying. But I want Solo too, and I'm not a person out there screaming and hammering for it. But I do like the origin of the characters. I love that that type of storytelling. I want to know where people come from. I like to know more about the experiences that they had, the people that they ran across, how they how that intermingles with all the other storytelling. But it doesn't have to connect. I just I like agree with more that. about it. I think that honestly, I'm ready to see something outside the Star Wars saga timeline. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm ready to see some Knights of the Old Republic. And of course, I'll always scream to see some Bane story and stuff like that. But I think you could tell a really, really good Knights of the Old Republic story. And you could have a ton of Mandalorians in it. You know, I mean, you would have Revan in it. You could, you could have all kinds of really, really cool stuff, especially with the new game, the remastered new game coming out. Like, man, it's just, it's there for the picking. It's a great story. I just think they're holding on to it. I think they're literally keeping that uh, ace in their pocket until, you know, it's a, it's time for them to tell that. I thought they were going to exhaust the period between episode three and four. Mm-hmm. I thought that they were going to try to build upon the sequel story, which does seem like where we're getting right now, like trying to progress to while still getting the tail end of stuff like Andor and, you know, like Rebels did finish, but now that we're able to, to carry Rebels from where it was to where it could be, mm-hmm. we're getting Ahsoka, we're getting a bunch of these other things that are going to happen post-Clone Wars era, post-New Hope, post-the OT. So I am interested in that, and I think that as time goes on, they need to spend a little bit more time putting a like Marvel timeline together to really flush out a story. I don't want to see the new stuff that they're doing with comics and books and all that kind of stuff, because that I, I feel like that just doesn't Republic have the stuff. legs under it yet. Yeah. The new, like the a, new star Wars uh, comics and the new Republic and all that stuff. I don't Novels. think any of any of that is really caught on. I mean, here's the thing you can say that, I, I was in the same camp to where people said that, you know, the prequels sucked and I never thought the prequels sucked. I just said them for what they were. I liked the prequels. I watched a shit ton of them growing up. Like I watched them a shit ton. Let me say that. And so it's amazing to me that you could have uh, people that watch that as young kids grow up to be in their twenties and be like, you know, that was my star Wars and that how much they appreciate it and how much it made it like a return. So I thought that was, Really cool to see, and I feel like you may get that with all this new stuff that they're trying to do. Mm-hmm. But to me, I want new story. I just don't want that story yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think what they did with the Skywalker saga was, you know, you caught one generation of people with the first three movies, four, five, six. You caught our generation with one, two, three, and then they're going for another generation with six, seven, and eight. Now you have three generations of of families or three generations of people who are all tied in the same universe. And if I watch 
four, five, and or if I watch one, two, and three, then I'm gonna go back and watch four, five, and six. And eventually, when six, seven, and eight come out, I'm gonna want to see those, and vice versa. If six, seven, eight's the first thing I saw and I liked it, then I want to go back and watch these three. And I feel like you would get that effect if you did just about anything, to be honest with you. But I feel like this is a more secure way for them to tie everything in together. But they're mm-hmm. gonna get to a whole two or three generations difference before from here before they start telling another storyline. But I guess that means Star Wars can go on forever. There's enough story. The High good. Republic. That's what it's called. The High Republic. Republic. That's what New it is. Republic. Yes. Yeah, we kept saying. Oh, the new doesn't sound right. Yeah. So. If they, the New Republic is the thing that exists after mm-hmm. episode six. Um, the, once they do the High Republic stories, like when they get to that point where they're ready to tell them, they need to have the backing behind it. And I don't think they have the backing yet. Okay. And I think that they know that because they're not telling High Republic stories yet other than in books and comic books. So with the shows that they're, they're bringing out, you know, they're like any other for business company, for profit company where they're, they're gauging the interest of people. So how far do they go before we, we see the next thing? Mando right. is just, Mando's just a good show. Like when you dude, the season two finale broke people. Yeah. Yeah. When you bring Luke back in that, in that, in that scene, like it just broke people. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed too. But I mean, like, I wasn't crying. I mean, like, look, I was emotional as shit. I'm like, this is what could have been, you know? Like, yeah. you have that moment and you're, you're seeing those things. But then I thought that it was overplayed in the uh, Book of Boba Fett scenes. Like, I appreciate the connections that were made. But I'm so far past that. Like, you say we were one, two, three kids. I was a four, five, six kid. Like, I grew up on four, five, and six, the original trilogy. I grew oh, 100%, up on that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was my thing. And then when one, two and three came out, like that was our, that was what we were pumped for. Yeah, that's but true. I guess we were, we were four, five, six kids. Yeah. I don't think that I can, uh, I appreciate the connections for certain things. I want to know what the Ahsoka story is going to do first. Yeah. I don't want it to, as cool as it was seeing Luke and Ahsoka in the same place at the same time. I need something else. Like I want she she needs to be hunting for the rebel screw. I, I want that see, story. I want to see Thrawn. I want to see Sabine. Yes. I want to see Ezra. Yes. I, I fell in love with Rebels after watching that series, and now I'm on the edge of my seat knowing that this series is coming out. I want to see those three characters. We're going to, but I want to see those three characters. Uh Kev says he didn't like the new trilogy of Force Awakens first came out, didn't age well. Actually, Last Jedi was my favorite. Okay. Better writing than acting. Rise of Skywalker's trash. Mm, okay, I I thought that of the three, I liked um, Force Awakens the best, but it may have just been because that was the one that was like nostalgia, new Star Wars in the movie theater. See, I but. I agree with him to the extent of I thought Last Jedi was a better story, but I think the execution failed in multiple spots, multiple spots. Like I thought that it had the potential to be a much better story. It was the best story out of the three of them. Right. But it definitely failed in multiple spots. Okay. Um, and so, which is why I say the sequel trilogy just wasn't all that fantastic. And I'm, you know me, I'm a, I'm a big, longtime Star Wars fan. I just don't, I just let people say what they are going to say about it. Yeah. I mean, it's all you really can do. I love, I have enough Star Wars. There's enough Star Wars for me and you to love and hate what we love and hate and oh, be yeah. okay with it. So that, that's the big thing about the Star Wars universe. But. Oh, Anthony says Revenge of the Sith is still the best Star Wars movie ever, and I'll take arguments. Uh, that's number two on my list. Uh, it's it's definitely, definitely a really, really good movie. I love the emotional pull in that movie, but I, I've always got to stick with Jedi. Like, you know, 
Jedi's just that's it's the best. Can't remember how many times I wa- I wore that tape out when I was a kid. It sounds weird. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the Pornhub documentary. Yeah, it sounds um, weird talking about a Star Wars tape. Yeah, I wore that tape out when I was a kid. No, I yeah. look. I I look at these things. That's where I find it difficult to break certain things. Um, I, I'm a universe person. I love universes. I love what they are able to do because you know you can always pick your favorite episode, your your favorite. Well, in this, your favorite episode, episodic movie. You can always pick your favorites of everything. But to me, all of it makes it. Some of it sucks. I mean, I can't say it breaks it, but all of it makes it for me. And that's why I'm not a massive ranking person. I love Star Wars. Yeah. I love the MCU. Yes, none of it's perfect. Excuse me. Not all of it's perfect. Not all of it's perfect. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Iron Man 1, Winter Soldier, Endgame, they're all pretty close to being perfect. Did you see that scene come out this week with the, the... Oh, what was it on? Was it on? Uh, oh, one of the tonight shows. Scene from what? It was the the scene that John Favreau made for the the post credit scene for Iron Man one, and it was the first Nick Fury scene, and he only cut it for himself. And it was you don't know who I am. I'm Nick Fury. Nick Fury, motherfucker. Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see that one. He's like, I'm that. Nick Fury, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. I to look down. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, dude, we've uh, we've we're done. Not much to talk about. We've, we talked Star Wars for like fifteen minutes after we finished <laughs> uh, the Mandalorian. So, but Star Wars gets to be like that. There's always stuff to talk about with it. But I got nothing else. If you don't, you want to go ahead and uh, sign out for the evening. Let's do it. Cool deal. Well, uh, check me out at the Bat Daddy Fifty Two on Twitter uh, at GCS Pod- GCS Podcast One's the show handle on Twitter. Uh, that's the only form of social media that uh, this is show is on. Live 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube every Friday. We got a special guest coming on next week, and uh, we're just going to continue to watch these shows. Ross, they can find you here, 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 and only here. So if you want to talk to Ross, come on here and check him out. But uh, y'all, until next week, uh, keep banding.